0: getting ready to move, um, series. Um, we're moving. We have two more Sundays in this place after tonight and uh father's day will be our first day over there. That's what I'm talking about. My dog. All right. Um, we're going to be, uh, over there, uh, on father, starting on father's day. Um, I've even got the right version. I'm telling you, that's my boy. Uh, we over there on Father's Day, be our first day there, and I know that, um, I know it's Memorial Day weekend, and I'm not real sure uh, who is in the room, but um, let me, I, I know that there are, there are like different uh, kinds of people here on Sunday nights as far as their connection to our church. Um, some of you are, uh, are involved in our church. Um some of you are have gone through the membership process and you're members some of you have are, are going through the membership process some of you are waiting for us to put another membership class date on the calendar and i apologize that that has not happened yet um some of you you know like as far as connecting through membership some of you are involved in that way uh some of you are involved um in community groups and stuff like that um but uh but you're, you're not members yet, or, you know, some, some people um, just don't like church membership, like, as a concept, you know, so they stay away from it or whatever. Um, but, you know, there are people who are involved in different ways. Um, there are people here tonight who are here for the first time, or you, you came as a guest with somebody uh, or whatever. Um, thoroughly glad that you are here. Um, I believe that even though t- tonight's, like, message – uh, deal will kind of pertain more to, uh, our, our church. I believe that, that you'll be able to to connect with it as well. Um, much more than if you were to come to a business meeting or something where you'd have no clue what's going on. Um, then there are, uh, you know, we have, um, college students who, um, this is, Baton Rouge is not home for them. They have a home church somewhere else. Um, but yet they're involved and, you know, consistently coming here on Sundays. Um, and then there are people who, um, are members of other churches um, and have no desire to be involved uh, in our church. But like coming on Sunday night, um, maybe your church doesn't have Sunday night service. Maybe they have one, but uh, you don't like it for whatever reason. Um, And um, to those of you who um, who that kind of would kind of like, that be kind of you, you know? Um, This is how tonight will pertain to you. Um, Hopefully, you'll get some good stuff for you to bring back to your church to implement as you break ties with us and be more connected with your home church. Um, We cannot be a supplement for you. Um it it doesn't work that way. When we were a college worship service, um we were like, Whoever wants to come, come on, come on, come on. It's not like that anymore. Um Sunday nights with the Ring Community Church cannot be a supplement to your Sunday morning with a struma or Zor or Healing Place or whatever. It it, it doesn't work that way. Um it's not good for th- that church, it's not good for our church, it's not good for you. Um Joshua Harris wrote a book, it's called Stop Dating the Church, mostly written uh, to college students and kind of that young, uh, young 20s, you know, kind of age group, um, who is emerging and feeling no need at all to commit to a church, to join a church, um, to, you know, whatever. Um, and uh, I, I like that whole idea of um, churches are not meant to be dated, they're meant to be married. Um as the pastor of this church, I'm pushing people to be committed. Now, if you are searching for a church in the area, then come on. Visit with us. Spend some time with us. Get to know us. Eventually make up your mind if you want to marry us or not. Um, if uh, And so, like, if, if you're searching, like, I don't want you, to, I want you to hear me say that. Like, I'm saying you can't come back until you join. That's not what I'm saying. I probably don't have time to tell you everything I don't mean by what I just said. Um, but, um Please, please know that if, if you have no interest whatsoever in being involved and being a contributing, you know, two-way street kind of uh, member, participant, involved person, whatever you want to call it, in this church, then you need to go back to your home church. I love you. If If, if I was about numbers, I would never, ever say that, you know. If I was wanting a packed-out room, I would never ever say that. But it's it's not about that. What churches do, it, it's too important. You know, it's too important on the earth. It's too important in eternity. Um, you just can't be halfway committed to two different churches. You just can't. And so, um, for you tonight, I'm I'm hoping that you will pray and you will make some decisions in the next couple of weeks. Maybe you need to tell mom and dad, hey, I think God might be bring me to a different church, okay? Or maybe you need to tell me or um, your friends or whatever, hey, I'm pretty sure that I'm supposed to be at Ostruma or at Zor or whatever. Um, and so you're not going to see me around on Sunday nights anymore, that kind of stuff. Um, maybe us moving will be like a good, like, you know, we'll, we'll break up in a mutual we're still going to be friends kind of way. Uh, but I don't want you just to check out, and I don't want you to be mad at me. I want you to know that I, that if if I didn't love you and I didn't believe wholeheartedly that it is important for you to not be double-minded when it comes to church family, then I, I would never say that. Um, and so so tonight is, is going to be something that you, too, will get something out of because you can take this back or whatever. Um, so let me jump into it before I... Babel anymore. Hebrews chapter eight. Here's the deal. Um as we move, uh we talked during this kind of series deal the first night about how God is not random and us moving is not random. It is very intentional on his part. Um and then we talked about the opportunities that were gonna come our way, and Robert talked about some of those, how we're moving to a place where there will be an actual like neighborhood culture that we can connect with and be a, and hopefully become to be a part of and to love and to know. Um and then last week we, it was we talked about logistics and uh you know where we're going to park and how is this going to work and where is this going to be and all that kind of stuff. Um so I want to kind of bring everything full circle and remind everyone why we are set up to succeed. And I don't mean succeed as in like we're going to blow up, we're going to have just People coming everywhere. We're gonna have we're gonna have our own building in like six months. And like, there's all these definitions of success in churches in America, and pretty much all of them are wrong. Um, when I say succeed, I'm talking about in connecting into the purposes and the plan of God um, for His bride to impact the world for His name's That's what I'm talking about. Um, if that's really what we're driving for and that's how we define success is, is God glorified through my life and through our lives corporately, then we are set up to succeed. And this is why um, the first thing that sets us up is this thing called the new covenant. Um, look at verse six in chapter eight. Says, but as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry. that is much more excellent Than the old, as the covenant he mediates, is better, since it is enacted on better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion to look for a second. For he finds fault with with them when he says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenants that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. For they did not continue in my covenant, so I showed no concern for them, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And they shall not teach each one his neighbor and each one his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest for I will be merciful toward their iniquities and I will remember their sins no more the reason the first reason why we are set up to succeed is because of the new covenant that we are a part of it is the starting point and so if you are here tonight and you are a christian um, regardless of how you are connected to our church or what your intentions are uh, in the future to be connected to us or whatever, um, if you go to this church or Shreemers or, or Jefferson or Healing Place or, or whatever, if you are are in Christ, this is what unifies all of us. This is what makes every church everywhere one big capital C church. Um, which it's funny because as competitive as churches can be, especially in cities like Baton Rouge, you read this and you're like, oh well, that's dumb. Why would we be competitive with another church? You know, I blame church league softball um, for my competitive spirit because there are people that I will see around town, and I'll be like, that dude played ball for Lanier when I was in the 10th grade. Uh, Jake Rush. Uh, pitched, we pitched against each other in church league softball when we were in, in school. Um, and that's why I, I hate him. Um, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I love him. Uh, so we've overcome that division. Uh, and so the, the new covenant in Christ, like that is what uh, makes everybody in here who's in Christ, it makes us all one. And so we're set up to succeed. And I've, I've covered some of this stuff before. And um I'm not, I am not. can't really remember how much of this was taken from other places. Well, I'm pretty sure all of it was. But I pr- think Piper might have come up with one of these things I stole from him. Um, here's some things about the new covenant to point out. Uh, first of all, it's initiated by God. Notice um, how he says uh, in verse 10, this is the covenant that I will make. I will put my laws in their minds. I will be their God god's taken the initiative in this. It starts off saying that that there was that there's an old covenant um that was not carried out it was you're unable to um, to have the faith and the obedience to live that out so there's this old covenant that Israel lived under um, and Jesus came and with Jesus came this new covenant this new agreement um but the cool part is it was initiated by God so every single one of us that's here um that is in Christ God looked at our life and said and initiated a covenant relationship with you. and so that's why neither one of us that's any better than anybody else because you didn't earn it any more than I did. Billy Graham didn't earn it any more than any of you did. think of well, Christianity has it tends to have this like holiness hierarchy, you know, and we think I'm not as holy as this person, but I'm way more holy than this person. But the thing is in in every life, God said, "No, I I'm starting something." He initiated something in every one of us. And so we're set up for for success in a in a biblical sense because of that. God started it. The next thing, um uh, this is this is definitely John Piper. Uh, he he says the new covenant has a divine guarantee. A lot of times we we take so much on ourselves, but when it comes to who we are in Christ and, and our our identity and our identity as His church, uh, it has a divine guarantee. Look at look at verses eight and nine again. Here's the, this is the old covenant. For he finds fault with them when he says. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel, with the house of Judah. Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. That was the, the old covenant. That covenant was breakable. God says, even though I led them by the hand and took them out, they did not honor the covenant. They, they, they dropped the ball. God was was with them in the Old Covenant. You always see that that God was with Abraham, with Moses, with them. In the New Covenant, look at verse 10. I will put my laws into their minds, write them on their hearts, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. They shall not teach each other. Each one his neighbor and each one of his brothers, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. Um, here's this uh, this other covenant. For I will be merciful toward their iniquities. I will remember their sins no more. Old covenant was external, written on big tablets that Moses carried down uh, from the mountain. A new covenant written on hearts, minds, internal. Instead of God being with us, God is in us. Instead of us looking at these tablets where it's been written, we, we have these hearts and minds where, where this newness has been written in us. So this this covenant agreement, it has a divine guarantee. When you read 10 through 12, that is not breakable when, when God is the one that is, is doing this in us. And so he has guaranteed our success because he's the one that initiated it and he's the one that, that makes it happen. Look at that. The, and the next thing, um, the new covenant is available. It's available to everybody. And so, as we pack up our stuff in the next couple of weeks and we move down the road, we're going into a community. Where that new covenant, that initiation by God and that divine guarantee to to switch from um, being enslaved to sin to being enslaved to Christ and all that freedom and all that, every bit of the gospel is completely available to the people that that live and work and exist all around that area where we're going to be. It's available to everybody that might come in the door, um, no matter what they look like or, or what their background is or whatever. Um God is constantly initiating that new covenant relationship in people's lives. That's, that's what we're here to do is, is to lift up the name of Christ and to proclaim the truth. And he takes our lives that are being changed and he takes that truth and he takes that, um, that light in the midst of dark places and he does something supernatural with it. And what he does is he brings people into that new covenant. He initiates something and then uh, he starts writing things on their hearts and writing things on their minds. And if you go to this church or you go to Tapestry in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, or you go to any other church anywhere, um, that new covenant sets up your church to succeed, started by God, guaranteed by God, and available to everybody through what Jesus did on the cross. Any fears, any concerns, any whatevers we have when we look at the next couple of months and all the transitions and all that kind of stuff, every single bit of it is going to be fine because of that. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's what Paul said in Colossians. Christ in us, the hope of glory. And whatever awaits us when we gather on Sundays and when things don't work out right or whatever, we're going to be fine. It's going to be a transition period. It's going to be fine. The important stuff, like we said last week, the eternal things, guaranteed. Now, we exist as a church, capital C, universal church, because of the new covenant. Now, within that, churches make covenants um, to uh, to set themselves apart, and, they, and not a lot of churches use their covenant as much as we are trying to use ours. Um, and I believe it helps us to stay on track. If you got the sheet on the way in, if you look on the back of it, uh, it has our church covenant printed on there. Um, and we're not going to go through it. Um, I want you to have that um, so that you know what this, what the covenant members of this church have agreed to, the way they've agreed to live in connection to the Lord, in connection with each other, and in their own personal devotions. Um, those are the things that uh, are on there that are important. Um, we've made a church covenant for a couple of reasons. Um, one reason is it... it Gives us visibility. It gives us there's this tangible nature. Um, you hold that church covenant every time our our. Here's how our membership process works. You you go to a membership class. You pray. You feel like this is the church for you. There's a a blue book that we have that has five days worth of devotionals um, that you go through. After you've gone through that. And you still feel like this is the place for you? You set up a meeting. You meet one-on-one with one of our elders, so we can get to know you. It's not a purging. It's not. Uh, we're not trying to filter people out. Um, it's. It is to personalize the process, so we can get to know you better. Um, then after that, uh, we have a membership meeting, and you come to it, and we read this covenant. We renew this covenant together. We take communion to celebrate the new covenant. Then we read our. Uh, we get a big circle. Read our covenant together as a way of renewing that. Um, it gives us visibility. We are around in this room, um, and as you read it and you recite it together, something happens. You know, just something about that going on. We don't sign anything. It's not this creed that we, you know, like post on our walls or whatever. It it just sums up what we're agreeing to do. Um, it gives us visibility. It gives us unity as we are agreeing to live and to serve each other in certain ways. Um, it gives us accountability. Um, our church covenant uh, was given to us, I believe, by God, for things like the next couple of months. Here's what I mean. About a year ago, um, within several, several weeks, six or seven weeks, we had probably five or six um, families move out of our church. We had a couple more than that decide to go to other churches, and it kind of got to the point where you looked around on Sunday and you're like, "Man, this this looks really different than it used to." Um, the people I'm used to seeing in my community group and on Sunday night are not there anymore, and there was this uh, like unspoken of like you know elephant in the room kind of thing um, concern about that. And so I was praying about it. I was like, God, how do, I, how, how do you want me to address this? Because obviously, like, I mean, I noticed it too. Two of my elders were gone. I mean, I, I noticed it right away, of course. And uh, Lord just kind of led me to the fact that that, that covenant, that's how we're going to make it. The new covenant, our church covenant. God's like, build your life on the first one, on the new covenant, and who you are in me. Live out the church covenant that you've all agreed to, to live by. Things are going to be fine. Devote yourselves to me. Take care of each other. Stay committed to the, to the church like you said. Um, everything's going to be cool. And so I told the membership that, and I think I might have told everybody on Sunday night that. And we went to a series where we walked through the covenant. And a couple months later, you know what? We're good to go. And so the next couple of months, uh, as I was praying again and trying to figure out what, you know, what God wants from us, um, it was the same thing. He's like, the New Covenant, Church Covenant. Okay. New Covenant, Church Covenant. All right. I was like, oh, New Covenant, Church Covenant. Got it. God's given us our church covenant, to be used. It's not scripture. It has no authority in and of itself. But when you start to look at it, and we see some of the things that it says in the second paragraph about being committed to pursuing a more intimate relationship with God for His glory, by devoting ourselves to prayer, the study of God's Word, the pursuit of holiness, life in this Christ-centered community of faith, hope, and love. I mean, there's there's nothing that our coming transition um, is going to throw our way that can't, that can't be conquered by intimacy with God, you know. If we're devoted to those things, then the room sounding different is gonna be is gonna really pale in comparison. You know, having to, to leave fifteen minutes earlier than you would normally leave, not a real big deal. You look at the next paragraph, it's the way that these are our commitments to each other. And basically it's about caring for each other, investing in each other, letting people invest in us. Um, walking through difficult times together, God being the centerpiece of all our relationships, and handling conflict um, like men and women in Christ are supposed to handle it. Over Overarching idea, we just got to take care of each other. And nobody should be left out of that. I was listening to the Robbie C. Band this week, and they, there's this one line in the song, and it was the only line I remember in the song, but it was just, No one should be left out. And that might not at all be what the context of the song is about, but that one line jumped out at me, that nobody should be left out. Whether it's being cared for spiritually or emotionally or physically, um, whether we're talking about social things or like really, really just deep needs, um, prayer, uh, it doesn't matter. Nobody should be left out. We have to keep keep taking care of each other. I think over the last two or three years, I think we've come a long way in learning how to do that. There have been some difficult things we've been through. Um, certainly there have been times where people have been uh, not taken care of the way that they need to be. Um, and, But I believe we've learned. And I hope that you are learning that taking care of the people in the church is not just... The pastor's job. I feel like you have learned that, you know, because I don't I don't get those kind of demands that I see a lot of other pastors get. I think there's there's this a really great like distribution of responsibility among the people in our church that's got to keep going. I'm not trying to deflect anything. I'm a part of this community as an individual just like everybody else. So I have to take care of people as God brings them across my path. I have to make sure that the the people that God has brought into my life are not being left out of any of that kind of care, just like all of us do. So if we're pursuing intimacy with God through being devoted to those things and we're taking care of each other, the next paragraph is about um, our commitment to the church and using our gifts in ministry, being faithful to show up and to participate and to give, um, maintaining unity in those things we're devoted to. I mean, when you start to look at this covenant, I mean, basically, uh, this is just saying, you just keep on doing what you've been doing. Keep growing in Christ. Keep growing together. Keep um, looking outside the walls of your church for, um, you know, the for anything that God may bring your way. Continue to love your coworkers and your neighbors, and um, you just keep going, basically, you know? I don't believe that God would bring us where he's bringing us if we were not ready for more of this stuff. When we first planted, people were like, how long are y'all going to stay at Parkview? So I don't know. I said, oh, you going to move the time up? I said, I don't know, because we used to start at 730. I was like, I don't know. So I really started thinking about it. I was like, you know, I don't, I don't know that we could survive a, uh, a a move of time, of start time, and a physical move. I don't think we could, we could handle that. I don't think we're ready for that. Got to the point where I was like, all right, I, I, I think we can handle moving from 7:30 to 6:30. I think we can handle that. I don't think we could relocate and make it. And over time, the God, God showed the elders, you're right. You ain't ready to move. Wouldn't hurt to start when it's daylight outside, but you're not ready to just pack up and move yet. I don't believe that God would take us down the road and plop us in the middle of all those opportunities and all that stuff if our church had not grown and learned important things and were not ready for the challenges that weighed us down there. I don't think he would. Intimacy with him, caring for each other, Going outside of our church body to minister and to take the name and the gospel of Christ into the community. When all that is flowing from who we are in Christ and that divine guarantee we're a part of. I'll be honest, I I wish I wish it were next week. You know, I do. I can't wait to get there. Not because I hate this place, because I love this place. Not because I wish the lights worked all the time, because I kind of like the fact that you never know what's going to happen when you flick the switch, you know. You never know if it's going to be 105 degrees or like 31. You never know. I, I kind of like that. But I can't wait. Turn to uh book of Ephesians chapter 3 if you would. And we'll close with this real quick. Our covenant ends saying that all this will be done by him and through him and for him. Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or imagine. I'm sorry. than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. By him is the power at work within us is through him. And for him is to him be the glory in the church. Everything that's going to happen, everything that's happened up until this point, everything that happens in the future, is by his power. Through his power at work in us. And it's only for his name's sake. That is it. And so all the dreams and hopes and everything that await us down there. Um, he's dreaming those same things. And he's, whatever expectations we have, he's blowing those out of the water with what is ahead. But remember, it's it's always, always, always so that people can know the Lord. To have a relationship with Jesus. That's the point. That he can be glorified and been lifted up. And so I pray that um, in light of who we are as a part of the new covenant, everything God has laid down for us through Scripture and through our church covenant, that when you look ahead, you see that we cannot fail. We cannot fail. Let's pray.